Hi, my loves. Happy Monday and welcome back to the One Take Wonder podcast with the Hot Weird Girl. I'm the Hot Weird Girl, Alexia, and you can follow me on every social media platform at Hot Weird Girl. That's girl to zero. So that's TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. And did I forget one? Well, you can find me there if I forgot it. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. Recently, there's been an uptick in listeners, so I just want to, before I dive into it, say thank you so much. I love celebrating every little milestone because it really means so much to me. This podcast is so important to me. It's been so much fun to have an intellectual space, and especially the people that I've been able to meet, the people that I've connected with over Instagram. Um, I haven't forgotten about getting people together. As I'll explain in a few minutes, I'm actually just in the process of like doing an emergency move. But later on in October, I really want to get everyone who's volunteered to come on and talk for like five, six minutes. It would be so important for me. I'm so excited about it. And I just, I really can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart, how much it means to me that the podcast is doing so well and that it means something to you guys too. And I Again, I love celebrating the little milestones. I am so grateful for you being here. If you like this podcast, please rate it five stars. It helps me immensely. And yeah, let's get into it. Again, thank you so much. So within the next two weeks, I'm actually in the process of moving out of my apartment. It's a long story short, but essentially when I moved in in June, about four weeks after, I noticed some issues with the apartment. I gave the landlord time to correct the defect. They couldn't direct like correct the defect. I'm an attorney, so I know about the implied warranty of habitability in Pennsylvania, which is essentially just a clause that says, you know, no matter what a lease term says, there are certain things that cannot happen in your apartment that prevent the apartment from being habitable up to certain levels of like sanitation, structural soundness, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm out of my lease. And, you know, because there are these issues, I'm not trying to prolong my time here. So two weeks is realistically what I gave myself to get out. And I'm so fucking glad for so many reasons, but mostly because I never have to record another podcast where my upstairs neighbors who stole my mattress, by the way, like you guys don't know me in real life, except for like the 10 of you that do. Situations like moving send me to that like psychic prism that we talked about in like episode eight, you know, the problem with braiders, it puts me in a really bad psychological place. And I come home to see my Costco mattress not there. And then they were like, oh, we took it upstairs. And I was like, but you've very clearly seen that like my name, Alexia Blank, you know, my shipping address is on the box, not your fucking name. And also, these people, like, the apartment complex has been trying to kick them out for a week. I have, I have no idea what's going on. The point is, is that this is my second-to-last podcast episode that I'm ever recording with these motherfuckers blaring shitty Morgan Wallet upstairs. It's horrible. I'm so glad. That being said, because I am moving um, and because I do have the span of two weeks and also to further complicate the issue, I, like, pre-bought tickets to go see one of my best friends um, who's in residency in Ohio. So I'm also not here this week. I'm on a time crunch. So today's episode is something that, um, I've wanted to talk about, although granted today's episode just might be a wee bit shorter. You're just going to have to give me some grace on this one, guys. So I'm going to take a wild guess that if you're listening to my podcast, you would not be surprised by my opinion that I absolutely hate mom blogs, 
parenting channels, you know, channels where people like predominantly show their kids and make money off of their kids. And one of the first videos that I ever made that went like mega viral was about the fact that in the United States, there are no legal protections to ensure that these kids are being paid. It's a child labor rights issue. Essentially, in the United States, entertainment falls into a weird category of child labor laws where you kind of get more leeway and extension, um, but also not a lot of financial protection. You guys may be familiar with the term Coogan laws, which is a law in California that mandates that a child entertainer must have 10 to 20% of their paycheck set aside in a savings account that cannot be touched by their parents, managers, etc. so that the child can, so that it ensures that the child profits um, from their labor. And it's named after, you know, this Coogan child whose money was stolen by their parents while they were a child star and went through horrible experiences. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it tends to happen to a bunch of child stars. If you've ever read Jeanette McCurdy's, you know, I'm glad my mom died. She very much talks about the fact that her mom was stealing her salary. Many children have talked about the fact that their managers, their parents are stealing their salary. And even with these Coogan laws, it's still exceptionally difficult to provide financial protection for children. Not to mention the Coogan laws, we know it really only exists in California. There's somewhat of an augmented version in New York and Georgia because those are the top three states where children tend to perform in movie and media productions. Are you rolling with me? I said that kind of fast. So... I not only do I think it's a privacy violation, and we'll get into that, but it's also just these kids are really the bulk of why the channel does well. Family content is the most profitable content on YouTube beyond anything, beyond the Mr. Beast, beyond the pranks, beyond couples content. Putting your children, particularly your young children, before they, you know, stop being as cute at middle school age, in front of the camera and um, chronicling their every moment, particularly those sweet moments, again, when they're really young and it's cute when they bite into a croissant and shake their head no at the camera. And it's cute when they're going on their first day of kindergarten and it's cute when they're being potty trained and they're taking a bath and all of these things. That is when advertisers flock to your page and also when YouTube bumps you up in the algorithm. And because YouTube promotes this type of content and because YouTube is like the gold standard of content creation on the internet, all the other social media algorithms follow. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok especially follow the same algorithms as YouTube. So they'll promote what YouTube deems the most important. And because YouTube deems family content the most important, because it's the most advertiser friendly, Tide would likely not want to put their commercials on any of my YouTube videos. Okay, let's be real. Video. Um, Videos because I swear I talk about complicated topics like wealth and race, but they do want to promote their laundry content on, you know, oh, okay, we're doing laundry for a family of seven, blah, 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 blah. All of this to say that like there is a very deep financial incentive, not even counting the clout, but like a financial incentive to put your young children on the internet. And this is a phenomena that's been observed for decades now. It has its origins in mommy blogging, which was a global phenomenon where women all over the world were at first seeking community and commiserating with other women about motherhood, particularly about stay-at-home motherhood. Um, And then advertisers got on 
then it became popular on YouTube, and now we sort of are where we are, where it seems like you can't scroll on your For You page without encountering at least one baby or one family. And those people get paid. They make a very hefty salary off of exploiting their kids. Meanwhile, those kids legally are entitled to no economic protections, especially if you're a content creation child, unlike um, working actor children who are oftentimes represented by a union or the studio Broadway production, whatever is required to have an adult on set who looks out for the child's interests. Um, A content creator child has no third party, and it's very unlikely that in my lifetime, a third party could ever be implemented just because there is a a constitutional right to raise your children as you see fit with very little government interference, and it could actually become a free speech issue if the government tries to limit how parents can speak about or on or with their kids on the internet. So that in itself is sort of a complicated legal web that the law just won't ever catch up to that, which I I hate to say that, that, you know, the legal situation for child content creators won't improve in the sense that the government can't say like, hey, you can't make these kids work for 50 hours a week in the same way that the government can say, hey, this child actor cannot be on set for longer than 10 hours, 20 hours. I think you really can't go past 30 hours with the child actor, whether they're on Broadway, on a um, a movie or a TV show. Like, I think all of it's disgusting, but because you are who you are and you're interested in this podcast, you probably agree with me. Like, I don't need to spend this episode convincing you why recording your ta- your child taking a shit or putting their images of them in the bath, even though, oh my God, police have been saying since the invention of the internet that pedophiles absolutely use that as child pornography fodder. <laughs> I, like, I don't need to explain to you why it is inherently exploitative to farm your child out for content, why it's weird that there are entire internet communities built around the personalities of these children, and why it's disingenuous that creators like Bobby Altoff and Maya Knight um, and Peaches Mickent, well, not Peaches, we'll get to her, um, you know, who originally built their platforms off of their children and you know, jokes about being a mom and also their child's charisma are now attempting to pivot into other lanes and not acknowledging that like really and truly you have this audience because people had a parasocial relationship with your two-year-old, which is disgusting. What I want to talk about is this very specific immersion of relatable parent content that I think reveals, again, how mean we are to children. And it ties back into an earlier episode where I promised a part two about how society is so mean to kids. Relatability is a really great way to get popular on the internet, as we've discussed before, particularly if you can get people to relate to your struggle. It's not relatable to talk about the good times in your life. It's relatable to talk about how you engage in messy behavior or you're slightly toxic, like, oh, I'm not aspirational. I'm not aesthetic. And that in itself is pretty morally harmless. But this idea that the toxicity and the negativity needs to be represented in every facet of like media consumption really starts to 
really starts to get dark when you consider how it emerges in couples content, family content, and what the implications are for the children involved in these situations. So within couples content, which there's nothing like morally wrong with it, I just want to say that it sucks. And as someone who creates content and who knows about like filming and angles and part of the reason why I upload so few vlogs is because it really is difficult. What you watch in a content creator's like 30 second one minute or even like couple minute clips about their hair maintenance or getting their nails done or running errands like it is slightly laborious to film especially if you're trying to make it aesthetic and you have to make sure that your ring light is right that you have the angles like no matter how organic something you're watching online is if it's coming from a person with a substantial platform who has a vested interest whether it's um financially because they want the clout because like me and if I if you haven't gotten this vibe like I'll just say it bluntly I am using my TikTok page as an avenue to further my podcast and my writing goals and other things that I can still be doing something or use this as a launch pad 10 years from now like very few people are on social media just for the fuck of it I don't know if that shatters the illusion for you but that is it's sort of like breaking the fourth wall you know what I mean? But that is the intent behind it. And I say this because, again, like no organic moment is truly organic. So when you see these like couples and they're like cuddling in bed or like, oh, he just walked over to be sweet to me and the baby. Oh, he just said this funny thing. Oh, my God, he's pranking me. Like you guys see that fucking camera. You see it's being filmed on your fucking iPhone. You can see it. I can see it. Like you may trick people who don't really understand the labor that goes into getting content oh and then there's editing it but like you cannot trick me i know what you're doing bitch it's weird there's nothing morally wrong with it i just spent three minutes basically like bitches are weird it's a fugly thing to do to be like oh babe like we're having a really intimate moment right now this pillow talk can i whip out my camera but you know what two weirdos fall in love and maybe there's something beautiful about that I just don't like it because I'm a hater and I'm the type of hater who likes to yell shame, shame, shame and make the people that I disapprove of do a Cersei walk. Do a walk of atonement for doing couples content. That's weird as fuck. Anyway, within the realm of couples content, there is a certain toxic couple genre. Um, if you're black and you're listening to this, then it's E. Kane and Chris. If you're white and you have no idea who it is, here's the little rundown. Um, there's a woman named E. Kane who got popular on TikTok a few years ago talking about the fact that she was like in her very, very early 20s. I don't even think she was 21 and she had caught 97 bodies. Um, and now she was with her bum, and I truly mean bum ass baby daddy, Chris. As she reveals more internet about her life, um, it becomes very clear that like Chris is steadily abusing her, which she has this complicated relationship where she's been able to like profit and actually change her child's life by talking about how relatable the abuse that she goes through is. And she's cultivated this audience where like, if you go through her comments, people will be like, oh, you act like a man's never, you know, put your head between the washer and the dryer. I, that is like a real quote. That I'm reading on my phone right now. That's not me trying to make light of domestic violence. Um, and it's it's also sparred like, like you could say that that's part of the appeal of Krishan and Blueface is like, it is representation for people in those situations, but it's also like joking and lighthearted. And I don't think E. Kane really has the ability to like 
process what she's going through because it gets it gets very scary if we were to talk about all the ways in which Chris prevents her from leaving her. You know, on a lighter note, it's just those YouTube couples who keep breaking up and getting back together, breaking up and getting back together, breaking up and getting back together. Um, you know, it's staying through the cheating scandals that happen very publicly. It's the shade room for teens. It, it's just this very, like, messy genre that will inevitably involve babies, Actually, like the number one thing that all these couples decide to do is to be like, let's have a baby that will fix us. You know, famous words that everyone who's ever been in therapy has heard their parents say. And from that emerges this like toxic parent representation. And to be clear, I'm not throwing shade on the moms whose whole shtick is like, my house is messy because like that will probably be me. Um, I say this as I'm sitting in my messy bedroom now, or moms who are like, look, like my house isn't aesthetic or pleasing. I'm talking about the moms who think that doing right by their kids and by doing right, I mean like providing three meals a day, getting them to school on time and meeting their basic emotional needs is like their crowning achievement. And it just, I'm specifically thinking of a creator named Peaches McIntyre, McIntyre, um, she will introduce herself as that lady who's divorcing her husband and she has seven children with him. She may or may not be divorcing him. He's basically a bum. She's in love with him and she loves having his babies is the long and the short of it. And they have seven children, all with very unique names like Wonderful Life and Gorgeous. I'm not joking. These are actually their names, which is part of the appeal to her page because she's farming these kids out for content. All the kids who are put in these situations with like their toxic ass parents are always farmed out for content. And there's honestly so much personal information on those kids that she puts out on the internet, their insecurities, um, the things that they're sad about, their issues with her own marital relationship. I mean, one of her videos that I saw today that just popped up on my For You page and I haven't blocked her yet because I wanted to talk about her on the pod and like what I think she represents is her in the McDonald's drive-thru with her son and her son is begging her not to get back together with her husband because she goes through the cycle of kicking her husband out, taking her husband back, kicking her husband out. You know what it is. And he's like, you know, and she's just filming the McDonald's drive-thru, narrating this over voiceover like, yeah, you know, my oldest son is really disappointed in me. I told him I'm going to try to do better, but he doesn't understand. You know, it hurts me to see my son so disappointed. Like, it's just like a journal. Um, But she has across all of her platforms, across like five different monetized YouTube channels that she has, across the multiple TikTok pages that she has, across her other social media platforms. She has like millions of people watching her who know where her kids go to school. Um, She also makes a point to say her kids' first and last names in all the videos so that they're easily traceable. And she also puts exactly uh, where she lives and how often she goes to Disney World. So that's safe and definitely won't have negative repercussions for those poor babies at all. Um, She doesn't get her kids to school on time almost ever. And when she does manage to drop her kids, and they vary in age from like, I think, high school to newborns. And when she does get them to school on time, she's like, oh, finally. And everyone in the comments is like, you got this, mama. Or like, same issue here. And like, this is what I want to talk about. 
it's so heartbreaking that in a situation that is so clearly negligent for children, all anyone can focus on is the success of the parent under the skies that like you're trying your best. And I don't know which parent needs to hear this, but like your best can still absolutely be worse for your child. And just to be clear before someone tries to take it there, I'm not saying like, oh, certain people shouldn't have kids because ethically there is just no way to limit a human being's or to control another human being's reproductive choices, whether that's forcing them to have a baby or preventing their right to not have a baby or anything in between. Like, there is just, it is an ethical no to control another human being's reproductive choices. And with that comes the knowledge that, like, certain children, because, you know, you can't take them away from their parents as long as their parents are, you know, feeding them, um, will just be born to people who should have never had fucking kids. And so many people in the comments of those videos where she's like talking about failing them in their education or putting their most intimate and private moments on the internet or exploiting the child that she has with autism and disabilities, as many people do, especially when it comes to disabled children, especially when it comes to like autistic or physically disabled children. Um, they they make these like advocacy pages and they don't stop to think about the fact that maybe that child wouldn't want videos of them like drooling or having meltdowns or you know all of their medical information put out there even if the child you know because of their intellectual impairment may never be able to co like conceptualize what the internet is there's still something just inhumane about using the real life struggles and pain that your child is in as an advocacy point. You could talk about all of this without showing their face, but you did show their face and then you also showed them getting changed in a diaper or like the most intimate moments of changing their feeding tube. And it's you, you're doing that for your own benefit. It's a weird gypsy roses, you know, which I heard she gets out in a few weeks. Good for her. Um, Gypsy Rose Blanchard's mom sort of thing. I'm not saying it's Munchausen's, but I am saying there's an appropriate way to handle that. And Gypsy Rose probably won't be. Okay, that's really dark. But she probably won't be the last, is what I'm trying to say. Scumbags need representation too. And I think in people like Peach, they find an almost absolution in this community that not just she's built, but other creators. I'm just focusing on Peach today because it's who I keep seeing um, across my For You page. If you've ever tried to search something up on TikTok, then it, you know, all their videos will come up for like the next couple days. But there are so many like toxic parents. And I think it's one thing to have like a toxic you know, couple because at the end of the day, they're just hurting each other. But then you look at the kids involved and all anyone can think about is their own phrase to assuage their own guilt. What an evil thing to do to your child to not only in your personal life um, treat them so terribly, but then to let the entire internet know that they're being treated so terribly. And like, what are the repercussions when they get older? There was a really good Teen Vogue article that was published in the past few months um, about children who had their entire childhoods put on the internet. And I have a mutual and they talk about, you know, their entire childhood is putting on the internet. And they talk about this feeling of persistent and permanent violation because even when that content ever can ever be taken down, especially if your parent gets like mega famous off of it, like there are fan pages about you and you can't even do long division. 
And unlike the the children of the mega famous or the child stars, you don't even have the money. Not that the money would fix something, but fuck. Like, it, it would make a difference, a slight difference when you consider the ways that they're being exploited. Like, I always think about Morgan and that random girl from Atlanta. And while I feel really bad what happened to her, you know, being manipulated by an older man, whether she's bluntly said it or not, it is very clear that her pregnancy was devastating in terms of where she felt like she could go in life. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, um, Morgan and the random man from Atlanta, essentially this girl got pregnant by what who she calls the random man in Atlanta and then she made a whole content page off of her and her daughter and she shows her daughter in every single video because her daughter's really the selling point and like basically how she's struggling as a young mom and she could have done that all without putting her child's full name and where they live and pictures of their apartment and the daycare center because it would be quite easy to figure out where they're located. And now this girl, who's not even old enough to say the word data, will have a permanent record following her that she never had a father. But because everyone's so concerned with Morgan, the parent, well, she's doing her best and blah, 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 blah. And you got this, mama. I think very few people are even allowed to stay. Oh my God, my neighbors, I'm going to kill them. Do you think? Like, how can you play music this late? How is it every fucking night? What are they do? And how, how has the sheriff not come and kicked them out? Okay, what was I talking? Morgan has put her child in a situation where she will be permanently followed by this. And because she's gotten so hugely popular and because people were making like merch and they were finding all of her half siblings and her deadbeat dad like I wonder how she'll be able to escape all of this and what it will be like to cope and nobody gives her the grace to think about what the child goes through in that situation because it's all about you know what they're doing your best and just to say it again your best fucking sucks bring back shame you know what I mean um I know that I said that this podcast ended up being shorter lol uh it's gonna be a 25 minute podcast thank you for listening if you made it to the end as always i love you so much please if you're listening on spotify please interact with this podcast by leaving comment suggestions it's always so helpful whether or not it's something that i immediately address in my podcast um getting ideas of where i want to go and it makes for really good like you know research projects so then i have the knowledge to come on and just spit my little 30 minute podcast take seriously it's so helpful if you're listening on apple music please leave a written review it really boosts me in the algorithm please rate this podcast five stars and if you know someone that would love to listen to what i have to say please send it to them it would help me immensely thank you so much and i'll see you next monday